Good morning. Our sermon title for the morning is What Jesus Did, That's Love. And it comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Come with me now to Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And listen now for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, he said, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and began to be grieved and agitated. But then he said to them, I'm deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And then going just a little further, he threw himself on the ground and he prayed, My father, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. But then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and he said to Peter, So could you not stay awake with me? An hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The, the spirit indeed is willing all but the flesh. The flesh is weak. So again he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and he prayed for the third time, saying the same words. And then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Don't you see that the always at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners? Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The word of God for the people of God. Beloved, this is Palm Passion Sunday. It's the beginning of a week called Holy Week. And I just want to take to that time just before Jesus' death on the cross as a living sacrifice for our sin. Beloved, in our lesson we find Jesus knowing that this hour of sacrifice has come and he's going to the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, it was a familiar place for him to go and be with God, his Father. So just picture with me, won't you? Picture, here's Jesus approaching the time of being betrayed and sent to an old rugged cross to be the sacrifice for our sins. So, he needed some time with God. 
At this point, the Bible says he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to the three disciples who were the closest to him, he said, stay here and watch with me. In other words, my friends, won't you stay here and won't you pray with me? Child of God, have you ever needed your close friends to just be with you? You, you needed some friends that you had gone through some things with to be there for you when you were going through the toughest time in your life. You needed some support, some encouragement, some help to make it through the tough times. You, you know what I'm talking about. Because there have been times when we all need people close to us just to, just to understand our pain and just be there for us. Sometimes you don't need friends to ask you a lot of questions. You sure don't need them telling you, I told you so. You just want them to let you cry. Sometimes you don't turn to friends for their advice. You just want their love and their support. You want them to feel with you and to pray for you. Well, that's all Jesus needed that night. He just needed some understanding, some, some appreciation, some support, and some loyalty. That's what Jesus needs from us today. In a time like this, can we take our focus off of what's going on in the world today and for this week, this holy week? Can we be there with Jesus? How many of us truly understand what Jesus is going to do for us this week. How many of us truly imagine the sacrifice that Jesus is making just for you and for me this week? Do we know? Do we know that if Jesus had not done what he did, we would not be able to go to heaven? We would not be able to have eternal life with God the Father in heaven? If Jesus had not suffered and died for you and for me, we would never be able to call on his name or to experience his divine healing, to feel his presence, to have his love, to be covered and protected from the devil with his blood. Oh, let me tell you, if Jesus had not gone through what he went through for you and for me, there would be no hope for us. Listen, my beloved, because of Jesus, we can go to heaven and not to hell for eternity because Jesus paid the price for our sin. Our sins, our sins were and are so bad that it took a holy God in the flesh to pay the cost. Somebody had to pay for our crime and Jesus was chosen by God to take the rap and he did. Wow. Oh, but listen, please understand this. What Jesus did for you and for me was not easy for him. Please understand that. Don't ever think that Jesus did not pay a high cost for you and for me. Don't ever think that it was a cakewalk. Listen, this walk to the cross was a devastating experience for our Lord. The Bible says that Jesus went a little further and he, and he fell on his face again and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, Father, if there's another way to save humanity, do it another way, please. But 
you know what I love about the story of Jesus? Jesus was being honest with God the Father. It's time for us to be honest too. There was no covering up or acting tough. Beloved, what we see in Jesus was total honesty. He's sharing in his prayer what's really going on in his heart. Are we sharing in our prayers what's really going on in our hearts? Child of God, listen. That 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 tells us that 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 during this crisis, we don't have to act tough all the time. You don't have to put on a front move all the time. Jesus didn't. Now, you might have to show the world you tough. But God wants to hear how you really feel. What you're going through today. How you're holding up, boo. You may have to put a front on at your job. But many of you are not even having a job to go to right now. Because you can't trust some people now in your business. But with God, you can let it all hang out. Oh, my mother would say, she'd say... Child, when you're at your worst, look your best. And believe me, I understand now because people can be so mean and ugly to you when you're down and out. Ah, oh, but with God, with God, you don't have to pretend with God. You can approach God just as you really are. Some of you, I know you are. You're tired, you're troubled. You, you weary, you busted, disgusted, confused, frightened, depressed, scared, sick, hurting, lonely, upset, angry, discouraged. Oh, but child of God, just remember, God's strength shows up in our weakness. Because God, I'm talking about God, can handle it. And so Jesus asked, Father, can you bypass the cross and still achieve your purpose? Can, can you take this cup from me? And you know, somebody might be asking, what's in the cup? I'm so glad you asked. The cup was filled with everything that has ever hurt, wounded, bruised, marred, and disfigured you and me because of our sin. Beloved, sin will still kill, and destroy us. So Jesus was going to drink the sin of all humankind and wipe the slate clean. Past, present, and future. Oh my God, what an assignment. Oh, but thank God we can see Jesus struggle because we struggle too. We can see the, the human part of Jesus that will cry out against such pain and sorrow. Jesus knew the feeling of the flesh. He didn't want the hell and the pain and the suffering and the abuse. He didn't want to be violated. Yet his spirit, his spirit, I said his spirit, longed to obey his father's will. That's why we must stop obsessing over our flesh and start obsessing over our spirit. Listen to me. The flesh does not want to go to the cross, but Jesus' spirit wanted to accomplish the Father's plan to save the world. That was his passion. His flesh says, I don't want to do this. But his spirit 
jumps right in and says, hey, but nevertheless, hmm, that's your conscience, that's the Holy Ghost. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Oh, the world needs to learn today as we are so often to ourselves that doing what we want to do all the time is not as important as doing what we ought to do, whether we want to do it or not. Because for our spirit to have rule over our flesh, we got to do what it takes to do to get that done. And that ain't calling your friends, talking to your family, being putting your business all out there. What it takes to keep our spirit in control of our flesh is prayer. That's what Jesus did. We must pray like Jesus did. We must pray like Jesus did. And we must pray. We must pray to be able to do God's will and not our own. We must pray. That's what we need to do. We need to watch and pray. Because as Jesus said, the spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. This is a time that we need to talk about what is spiritually going on. Oh, I know we're doing what we should do and we should do. We should do what we're told to do at a time like this. And people will say, you know, my doctor said, and that's too, I said, my doctor said. But what we need to be saying today is, what's God saying? My God. Because many times, beloved, the flesh will tell us to do things our own way, against God's will. But our spirit wants the will of God. The spirit wants what God wants. All of us have wanted to do what we wanted to do and not what God wanted us to do. But the thing that makes us different as Christians is that we are a spiritual people. We are a peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood. We'll always have a conscience or a quickening of the Holy Spirit. We'll always have the Holy Spirit jump in and speak out and make our flesh shut up. Don't you know that the best thing that can happen in our lives is to be obedient to the will of God, no matter the cost. Oh, this week, Jesus, we are going to the garden to pray with you. And we won't go to sleep. We won't dismiss what's going on in the spiritual realm. So my dear ones, here we see Jesus in submission. And now the first time Jesus said, yet not as I want, but as you want, Father. And then he went away a second time and he prayed and getting stronger every time he prayed. He said, my father, if it's not possible for this assignment to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Child of God, Jesus knows what it's like to beg God to change his mind and to hear God say so gently but firmly, no. Oh, God answers our prayers. And sometimes it's no. 
For this is what God says to Jesus, and Jesus accepts the answer. When, when God says no to you and to me, Jesus understands. I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan. You know what? I used to ask God, God, why my life so hard for me? Can't you just send me a sugar daddy or somebody to pay my bills? God said, no, Lydia. Uh, well, can you find me a rich husband to help me out? No. Can I have a better paying job right now? No. God, is there another way I can become an elder in the United Methodist Church without giving up all my material things and going to seminary? And God said, no. And listen, don't you talk about me. You have had your own questions in this life, and you too have heard God say, no. Oh, God says no because God wants us to submit to his will for our lives and learn some spiritual truths that nobody could ever take away from us. That's what's happening to us today. We're going to a higher spiritual level. God wants us grounded in some spiritual truths that we have learned from the personal experiences of God's no. Listen, when we do his will, God will give us the strength we need to get through it and say, it's finished. That's all I want to be. I'm 77. I'm just saying, Lord, uh, let me finish my assignment so that my life would have given you glory. That's what I've learned about being obedient to God's will and not my own. And I've learned that. The will of God will never leave me where the grace of God cannot keep me. Now that's an amen. Somebody needs to say amen. So listen, after praying, spending intimate time with God, Jesus got up with the holy boldness and Jesus said to his friends, get up, let's go. Now these are words of determination because he's now very sure of what God wants him to do. He's going to face the cross and walk toward it. Hebrews 5 and 8 says, although he was a son, he learned from what he suffered. And some of us know about learning obedience from suffering. You remember, you remember back in the day when you'd hear somebody, you know, somebody say, this is hurting me more than it's hurting you. Oh, yes, you do. Listen, listen, listen. When Jesus submitted to God's will for his life, he knew that God would see him through anything and everything. But let's make this clear. Was being obedient to God easy? No. Easy? Easy. No, no, no. Listen, there is no artistic rendition of Calvary that has done justice to what Jesus can do it for our sin. Isaiah 15, 6 paints the picture. Can you imagine the words of Jesus? I gave my back to those who struck me. They beat him and scourged him. And my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. They tore the hair from his chin. He said, I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. They mocked him and spat on him. Have you been spat upon? Called out of your name? Have you been humiliated? Have you been shamed? Have you ever been bullied in school? Well, if you have, Jesus knows all about it. You see, that's why many people can't take things today. They don't understand that whatever we have gone through or going through, Jesus knows all about suffering because Jesus suffered too. I love the Lord. 
Oh, it was a bloody, bloody sight that day as Jesus lay down on that cross, already covered with blood from his beating, only to be mocked and yelled at again and again by the crowd of people standing there. Yes, that was yelling at Jesus. Where's your God now, Jesus? You trust in God, don't you? Well, come down then. Oh, y'all, look at him, look at him. He, he's a king, all right. He can't even save himself. Let's just crown him. And then they took a crown of thorn-like nails and they pressed it into his scalp with only add to the bloody scene that day as the blood flowed out of his head, down his face, out of his back, and chest where he was ripped to pieces by the scourging. And then, even in death, even in death, even in death, the spear that was driven in his side to let the blood that remained flow from the cross. It was a bloody, nasty, horrible scene. Stop protecting your children in the world from the truth of pain and sorrow because the story never ends like that. That's why we sing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunged beneath that, beneath it. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty shame. The pain, the humiliation, the insults, the hate, the evil, the weight of the world's sin being carried by someone who knew no sin. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my Lord. Words can't fully describe the pain and suffering Jesus will go through this week for you and for me. Please listen to me this morning, beloved. Jesus took the hell of the cross so that you and I might be healed. That's Jesus' love. If you are ever going to be healed, then you must understand Jesus' love. You must believe in Jesus' love. You must embrace Jesus' love, and you must always remember Jesus' love. I believe that you're so special today, no matter what you're going through in this time, beloved, that if you had been the only person in the world, he would have suffered, bled, and died just for you. So this week, Jesus is saying loud and clear, I love you. You need to tell yourself, Jesus loves me. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. And I'm drawing you to me. I'm, I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to save you and free you because I love you. Next week, we will celebrate the fact that God brought him out of the tomb and one day we'll meet him face to face and we'll see the nail prints in his hand. But for this week, this week, Let's take our mind off of ourselves for a minute and let's be there at the cross remembering that Jesus did it for you and for me.
People ask me today, Pastor, what must we do? What we must do, beloved, is to be saved and to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes and receives him shall not perish. Shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want us to be with Jesus this week, our beloved Savior. Our four parents saying, were you there? In their pain and sorrow, they say, were you there? Oh, I might be going through some stuff. Coronavirus and all of that stuff. Me home, don't have everything I need, all that stuff. But the question is, will I be there? Were you there? This is not the worst thing that has happened to humanity. I'm finna tell you about the worst thing. Were you there? When they crucified my Lord, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, oh, he's real to me. And he's real to you too. Sometimes he causes me to tremble. That's what they say. Tremble. Tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Be there, child of God. And remember what love looks like. Were you? This whole week, Good Friday on the cross, when Jesus is saying, I love you. My Lord. And all he wants to hear from Were you, you today is this. Jesus, I love you too. My Lord. And now, my beloved, the doors of God's church are open to you. Please come. Please join us. Our information is on this site. Please call or email us. We will take you in. And also, you can go on our website and give financially to this ministry if you so desire. And I'm going to say what one of my favorite pastors who's not with us anymore would say. God loves you. When they nailed him to to the tree, you'll be blessed. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree?
when God raised him from the grave. Oh, sometimes, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Raised him from the grave.